We present Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Margot Mystery. Episode 3, A Change of Mind. You remember, we met at the police station. Oh, yes, I remember. Temple, listen. Yes, what is it? Temple, this is important. Ask... Ask Mrs. Fletcher about... About... Go on, Angus, I'm listening. Ask Mrs. Fletcher about... The court. What do you know about the coat, Angus? Angus. It's no use, Paul. He's unconscious. Yes. What are we going to do? I don't think we ought to move him. No, we'll have to get a doctor right away. You mean Dr. Bengari? She's probably the only one within miles. There was a call box at the end of the lane. Yes. You go down to the box and ring the police. Tell them to bring an ambulance as quickly as possible. Yes, all right. Then take the car back to the Red Heart. I'll meet the police. They'll give me a lift back to the inn. What do you want? Is this Dr. Benkari's house? Yes, it is. I must see the doctor. It's urgent. The doctor isn't very well. She isn't receiving visitors tonight. Don't you understand? This is an emergency. There's a man very badly hurt, probably dying. Will you please do as I say and fetch the doctor? I've told you she's lying down. She's not well. Mary, what is all this noise? What is going on here? Dr. Benkari. Yes? My name is... I am Dr. Benkari. Paul Temple. Temple? You never said your name was Temple. There's something wrong, Mr. Temple? Yes, there's a man in the wood at the back of your house. He's very badly injured. He was unconscious when I left him. I'll get my bag, Mr. Temple. I'll be with you in a moment. Thank you, Doctor. Hmm. He's certainly been beaten up. Could I take your torch for a moment, please? Yes, of course. Thank you. <sighs> Just look at his head. Do you recognize him? Uh, no, Mr. Temple. I've never seen him before. Do you know him, Doctor? No. And I'm afraid there's nothing I can do for the poor fellow. He's dead. Yes, I thought it was hopeless. But who is he? And how the devil did he get here? Neither I nor Mr. Cross, he's my secretary, by the way, know this man, Mr. Temple. Can you tell us who he is? Yes, his name is Ted Angus. But what was he doing here? I don't know. That's something the police will have to find out. Huh? I sent my wife to telephone for them as soon as we found him. Oh, I see. And you, Mr. Temple, what were you doing here? I was on my way to see you, Dr. Benkari. To see me? Yes, I tried to make an appointment to see you at your Wimpole Street address, but Mr. Cross here refused. Oh, and why did you wish to see me, Mr. Temple? I'm investigating the murder of Julia Kelvin. I think she was a patient of yours. Yes, she was for a little while. She was a very sick girl. All the time she lived in great fear, a fear that dominated her. A fear of what, exactly? I only saw her three times, or perhaps four. I tried to get her to talk, but always there was a barrier. I tried to break that barrier down, but it was no use. And what happened? What usually happens in a case of that kind. She failed to turn up for an appointment, and I never saw her again. Dr. Benkari, 
You knew that Julia Kelvin had been murdered. Yes. Then why didn't you inform the police that she'd been a patient of yours? What was the point? I had nothing to tell them. You could have told them about this phobia, about this fear of hers. And do you think they would have attached importance to it? I think they might. Did Julia Kelvin ever come to see you down here? No. I bought this house so that I could get away from my patients and relax. Which brings us to an interesting question, Mr. Temple. How did you know the doctor had a place down here? I made some inquiries. There's someone coming. Oh, it's the police. And the ambulance. Yes. It's the police, all right. Jolly good of Mrs. Harker to send this coffee out. It's just what I needed. Yes, it's been quite a night. Paul, mm-hmm. what did you make of Dr. Bencari? Oh, she's a curious, rather mysterious sort of individual. I certainly didn't like the character who calls himself Larry Cross. That's her secretary? Yes, but he doesn't look like a doctor's secretary. Doesn't look like anyone's secretary. Oh, he's a tough egg, if ever I saw one. Did you tackle them about Ted Angus answering the phone at the Wimpole Street address? No, because they both said they'd never seen Angus before. Uh, what about the local police? Did they know Angus? Well, the inspector was inclined to be a bit cagey. However, when we were at the station, I managed to have a word with him. He's going to get in touch with Sir Graham, so I imagine Rain or somebody else at the yard will take over. I've managed to glean a few odds and ends on my own. Oh, when? When I went into the kitchen to persuade Mrs. Harcourt to make us this coffee. I asked her one or two questions. But Mrs. Fletcher. Oh, you mean the daily who used to work for Dr. Bencari? Yes. It seems that after leaving the doctor, Mrs. Fletcher bought a garage at the far end of the high street. Bought a garage? Yes. She's a widow and she's got a son, about 22 or 3. They've made quite a go of the garage. Her son's a good mechanic and Mrs. Fletcher works the pump and sells accessories and so on. But what intrigues all the locals is where she got the money to buy the garage in the first place. Well, perhaps she borrowed it. Daily woman wouldn't find it easy to raise that sort of money. The most popular theory among the locals is that Dr. Ben Curry played fairy godmother and bought the garage for Mrs. Fletcher. No one knows quite why she should. I see. Did Dr. Ben Curry strike you as being the, you know, the, the sort of woman who'd do that sort of thing? I don't know. It's difficult to say. You know, this is very interesting about Mrs. Fletcher, Steve. Very interesting. Especially when one remembers what Ted Angus said. Ask Mrs. Fletcher about the coat. Yes. Ask Mrs. Fletcher about the coat. Fred's just bringing your cases down, Mrs. Temple. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Harcourt. I do hope you'll come and stay with us again. I hope so, too. We've been very comfortable. You want to come in the spring, Mrs. Temple? It's lovely round here when the orchards are in bloom. Yes, I'm sure it must be. Oh, here's the car. And here's Fred with the cases. I brought your cases down, Mr. Temple. No, thanks, Fred. Would you put them in the boot? Uh, certainly. Uh, Mr. Temple. Yes, Fred? Do you think I could have a word with you before you leave? Yes, of course. Well, uh, we'll go to my office, sir. Uh, wait in the car, Steve. I won't be a minute. All right, darling. I wanted you to take a look at this newspaper, Mr. Temple. Mm-hmm. There's a piece here about this girl that was murdered. It says you're taking an interest in the case. Yes, that's true. Would you say that's a good photograph of her? Well, I never met Julia Kelvin, but this looks like a pretty good photograph, judging from the others I've seen. Why do you ask? 
Well, I've got a good memory for faces, Mr. Temple. You sort of get a knack of it in this business. You've seen this girl? Yes, she spent the night here. When? It'll be about, uh, about six months ago. Have you got her name in the register? That's another peculiar thing. She signed herself in as Julia Smith. Julia Smith? I wonder why she didn't give her real name. That's what I said to the missus when I saw the newspaper this morning. If there had been a man with her, well, you expect that sort of lark. But she was on her own. Though a man did call for her early next morning. Did you see him? Yes, but I can't remember him as well as I do the girl. He was uh, medium height, I think. Wore rimless glasses and spoke with a bit of an American accent. Was he an American? Uh, I wouldn't like to say for sure. We get a lot of smart Alex down here at the weekends, and half of them try to talk like Yanks. It's uh, difficult to say whether this chap was a real American or not. What sort of terms were they on? You might have thought he was her dad, come to fetch her home. Well, thanks, Fred. I'm most grateful to you for telling me this. It might be very helpful. You did say the garage was at the end of the high street. That's what Mrs. Harcourt said. Well, unless it's round the corner, I shall begin to think we're driving the wrong way. Yes. Paul, that man you were telling me about, the man Fred Harcourt mentioned, he sounded to me like Mike Langdon. Yes, that's what I thought. Was Langdon over here six months ago? He could have been. He travels quite a lot. Oh, turn left, Paul. Look, there's the garage. Ah, yes. I suppose that's the sun over there at the petrol pumps. Yes. Steve, ask young Fletcher to fill her up and take a look at the oil. I'm going to have a word with his mother. Keep him talking if you can. Oh, good morning. Do you sell cigarettes? Over this side, sir. Ah, yes, thank you. I'll have 20 of those. Please, the filter tips. Thank you, sir. Your change. Thank you. Just driving down to the coast, sir? Uh, no, as a matter of fact, my wife and I spent the night here, at the Red Heart. Oh, not a bad little pub. No, indeed. Um, Mrs. Fletcher, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Fred Harkett mentioned you. Oh? He said you used to work for Dr. Bencari. Oh, did he? Yes, I'd heard of Dr. Bencari and happened to mention her name. Uh, incidentally, while you were working for the doctor, did you come across a man called Ted Angus? No, I didn't. You've heard the name before, I take it. I can read. It's in the newspapers. Yes, Angus was murdered last night. In the wood, not far from Dr. Benkari's place. Yes, I know. But you'd never heard of Angus until you read about him this morning? No, I hadn't. Are you a newspaper man? No. Well, you ought to be, and nosy enough for one. Ma, could you, uh... Oh, hello. Something wrong? This chap's asking me a lot of questions, Bill. I don't know who he is. Well, I do. You're Paul Temple, aren't you? That's right. Oh, sir, your photograph's on the back of a book I've been reading. It's all right, Ma. He's nothing to do with the newspapers. Are you from the police, then? No, but I'm helping the police to investigate a murder case. Julia Kelman. Oh, I read about her. Bit of a hot number, wasn't she? She was a patient of Dr. Benkari's. Go on, was she? Didn't know that, did you, Ma? No, I didn't. But then the doctor has hundreds of patients. Hmm. She was good to Ma, the doctor was. That's Tom Easton's van. Go and see what he wants, Bill. Okay. Mrs. Fletcher, I don't want to make a nuisance of myself, but it might be worth your while to tell me one or two things. What things? My wife and I found Ted Angus last night. He'd been beaten up. 
Just before he died, he mentioned your name. Ted Angus did? That's right. You must be mistaken. No, I wasn't mistaken. Well, what did he say? He said, ask Mrs. Fletcher about the coat. What coat? What was he talking about? I don't know. I was hoping you'd tell me. I, I don't know what this is all about. It, it wasn't me he was referring to. It must have been another Mrs. Fletcher. I see. Very well. I'm sorry to have troubled uh, you. No. Wait a minute. Yes? Have you said anything about this to the police or anyone? No, not a word. And there's no reason why I should. Look, um, here's my card. If you should remember anything about Ted Angus or Julia Kelvin, just give me a ring. Julia Kelburn? I never set eyes on the girl. She was never in these parts. According to Fred Harkett, she was. Well, if you remember anything, give me a ring. It'll be worth your while, Mrs. Fletcher. I assure you. Sorry to keep you waiting. I was in the kitchen. Take one of the cases, Charlie. Yes, sir. The heavy one. Oh, very good, Mr. Temple. Oh, before I forget, you've got a visitor. He's in the drawing room. Yes, I was just looking at the hat and gloves. It's a Mr. Kelburn, sir. He's been here about oh, 20 minutes. Kelburn? Yes. Any other messages, Charlie? Uh, yes, sir. Mr. Langdon telephoned. Twice, as a matter of fact, but he said he'd ring back later. All right. Charlie, I'm expecting Sir Graham Forbes. Show him into the drawing room when he arrives. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Hello, Kelvin. Sorry to get you waiting. Only my wife and I... Oh, that's all right. I, I apologize for intruding like this. I don't think you met my wife. No, I haven't. Uh, good afternoon, Mrs. Temple. How do you do, Mr. Kelvin? Temple, there's no point in beating about the bush. I'll come straight to the point. I've changed my mind. About what, exactly? About your investigation. I want you to withdraw from the case. But surely... Naturally, I... I'll pay any reasonable fee you decide to ask for expenses. Wait which... a minute, wait a minute. Why have you changed your mind, Mr. Kelvin? It can't bring Julia back again. No, but... Now, naturally, I appreciate you feel some disappointment in losing a profitable assignment. That's nothing to do with it. I make my money out of books, Kelvin, not other people's troubles. I'm working on this case simply because I became involved in it. There's no other reason. But, Mr. Kelvin, surely you realize that the police are bound to go on with their investigation? Yes. Yes, I realize that. There's nothing I can do about the police, unfortunately. Well, they'll expect you to cooperate. I've already told the police all I know. Very well, if that's your decision. Now... Don't be stupid about the financial aspect. I don't expect people to work for nothing. Send your account to my There office. won't be an account. I started this investigation partly on your behalf. I shall continue it entirely on my own. Oh, that's up to you, of course. But I can't undertake to give you any cooperation. In fact, I may be going abroad in the near future. Very well. I'm sorry about this, Temple, but these decisions have to be taken. I only hope this is one you won't regret. I'll see you out. Thank you. Uh, goodbye, Mrs. Temple. I'm glad to have met you. It's been a pleasure. Hello? Mrs. Temple? Yes? Oh, this is Mike Langdon. Do you think I could have a word with your husband? Yes. Uh, hold on. Who is he? Mr. Langdon. Oh, thank you. Hello, Langdon. I'm sorry I, I was out when you called earlier. Oh, that's all right. I just wanted you to know I'm going back to the States at the end of the week. I see. But I'd like to see you again, if possible, before yes. I leave. Yes, of course. Um, why not come round straight away? Oh, thanks. That suits me fine. Then I'll expect you shortly. Right. Goodbye. Goodbye, Langdon. What did he want? He's going back to New York at the end of the week and wants to see me before he leaves. Well, having just met his employer, I feel quite sorry for Langdon. 
Although no doubt he can take care of himself. Yes, I think he... What is it, Johnny? It's Sir Graham, sir, and Superintendent Rain. Oh, hello. Come in. Oh, hello, Steve. Hello, Sir Graham. Good afternoon, Superintendent. Good afternoon, Mrs. Temple. Um, I'll go and see about some tea for. All right. Uh, Temple, was that Kelburn we saw getting into his car? Yes. He seemed to be in a bit of a flat. Yes, I think he is. He asked me to withdraw from the case, Sir Graham. He says he doesn't want me to make any further investigations. Why should he ask you to do that? He didn't say why, but I got the impression he was frightened. Frightened? Of what? I don't know. You mean you think someone's bringing pressure to bear on him? Yes. Oh, he's just plain frightened. Perhaps he knew that Ted Angus... Yes, that's just what I was thinking, Temple. Tell us about Ted Angus, Mr. Temple. What exactly happened last night? Well, Steve and I went down to Westerton. You know why. I told you on the phone about Steve's visit to the dress shop and Dr. Benkari. Yes. Well, after dinner, we went for a drive. I wanted to take a look at Dr. Benkari's place. We parked the car and walked through the wood towards the house. Suddenly, we heard someone moaning. It was Ted Angus. He'd been beaten up. Then what happened? Steve went for the police, and I fetched Dr. Benkari. Did she recognize Angus? She said she'd never seen him before, and that went to the secretary, too. The secretary? Hmm, a deadpan character called Larry Cross. Uh, did the doctor ask you what you were doing down there? Yes, she did. I said I was on my way to see her, and that I wanted to question her about Julia Kelvin. Now, how did she react to that? She wasn't particularly helpful. She said that Julia had some kind of a complex, and during two or three interviews, she'd failed to get to the bottom of it. Hmm. In other words, she stalled. Yes. Well, we know Miss Kelburn's trouble. We probably know why she consulted the doctor. What do you mean? Julia Kelburn was a drug addict. Oh. How did this come out? A medical report on the post-mortem. Oh, incidentally, keep this to yourself, Temple. Yes, yes, of course. I wonder if Kelvin knows. And that's why he wants me to drop the case. Yes, it's a possibility. Well, let's face it. No one likes that sort of publicity. No. All right, I'll check on this Dr. Benkari, Mr. Temple, see what a background is. I'll let you know what we find out. Thank you, Superintendent. Oh, I meant to ask you, what about young Wyman? Is he all right now? Yes, he went back to work last night. I went to see him. Well? I didn't say much. I got the impression he thought that Angus had smashed into his car deliberately. That kid's scared. If we could get on the right side of him, I think he'd talk. Yes, that's my impression. He's at the hide-and-seek, isn't he? Uh, that's, that's right, in Leicester Square. What time does he come on? Oh, about 11.30. What's all this about the hide-and-seek? Oh, we're talking about Tony Wyman, Steve. Oh, yes. How is he, Sir Graham? Oh, he's all right now. He's back at work. <laughs> you can call it work. No, it's work all right, Mrs. Temple. You should have seen him last night. The sweat was pouring off him. Oh, Charming. I'd like you to have another talk with him, Temple. Tonight, if possible. Yeah, it might be quite an idea. I'll get Charlie to book a table. I take it I'm in on this, Paul? Yes, of course. You could wear your new dress. I can't. It hasn't arrived yet. No. <laughs> oh, here's the tea. I don't think we can stop the tea, Steve. Nonsense. See? Everything stops for tea in this house. Mr. Langdon, to see you, sir. Ah, oh, come in, Langdon. Well, sorry, it took me a little longer than I expected. Oh, sit down. No, thanks. Can I get you a drink? Uh, no, I won't have a drink, if you don't mind. The Temple, I wanted to see you about Kelburn. No. What about Kelburn? Well, quite frankly, I'm baffled. Baffled? Yeah. At one time, he was quite determined to find out who murdered Julia, but now... Well, I'm sorry, Temple, but I'm afraid he wants you to withdraw from the case. Yes, I know. You know? Yes, Kelvin's been here. 
He has? Langdon, tell me, why do you think he's changed his mind? Has something happened? Well, it all started with a letter he received this morning. Did he tell you what was in it? No, he simply sent for me in the middle of the morning and told me he'd changed his mind. I argued with him, of course, but it was of no use. Never is, once he's made up his mind. Have you noticed anything else about Kelvin? What do you mean? Well, has his attitude changed in other directions? Towards his wife, for instance? Yes, I think it has. Up to a couple of days ago, they seemed to get along fine together. But on Monday night, I happened to go downstairs fairly late to collect a book I was reading. Well, they were in the drawing room and rowing like crazy. I only heard the tail end of it, but brother, it was one heck of a row. I heard Kelvin say, if you go on like this, you'll finish up the same way as Julia. Finish up the same way as Julia? Yeah. Kind of shook me. Whether he meant Linda would finish up in the river or whether he... Oh, well, I don't know what he meant. But one thing I do know, I'll be mighty glad to get away from the Kelvin family and, and get back to New York. Yes, I can imagine that. Langdon, tell me, when were you last in England? Hmm? Oh, about six months ago. I came over to talk with Kelvin about a printing process. You didn't by any chance visit a pub called the Red Heart at Westerton? Westerton? No, no, I don't think so. Where's that? It's in Kent, about 40 miles from London. No, I've never been there. Oh, I might have passed through it, but I, I don't remember the place. Why do you ask? Oh, nothing. I wondered, that's all. There's no sign of Tony Wyman. It's nearly 40 minutes since he finished today. What have we got by now? Well, if he didn't, I suppose... Oh, um, isn't this him? Coming across the floor? Sorry to catch you, Mr. Temple. I uh, had to make a couple of phone calls, and my agent popped in, and I couldn't get rid of him. He's still waiting for me, as a matter of fact, so I can only spare you a couple of minutes. Oh, that's all right, Mother. Sit down, would you? Oh, I don't think you know my wife. No, I don't. Uh, hello? Hello. We enjoyed your act. Thanks. Uh, wasn't hot tonight. I wasn't feeling too good. I expect you're still feeling a bit shaky. Yeah, I am. Doctor says I'm okay, but, oh, blimey, I don't feel it. I suppose you read about the man who crashed into us, Ted Angus. Yeah. He was murdered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Angus smashed into your car quite deliberately. He was out to get one of us, and I think it was you, Tony. Thanks, you've made my night. You were going to tell me something just before the accident happened. What was it? Don't remember. But you must remember. I've told you I don't remember. Was it about uh, Dr. Benkari? Who's Dr. Benkari? Now, don't be stupid, Tony. It was you who told me about her. I tell you, I don't Incidentally, know. Ted Angus was found 200 yards from the doctor's cottage. Did you know that? No. Well, he was. No, I didn't. Look, 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 Mr. Temple, my manager's told me to keep my mouth shut. He says I've done too much talking, and I think he's right. I, I don't know anything about this bloke, Angus, about Dr. Benkari, about Julia Kelvin, about nothing. I just know nothing. All right. But if you get into trouble... What do you mean, trouble? The sort of trouble that manager of yours can't get you out of. Give me a ring. I don't know why you should talk to me like this, Mr. Temple. I shan't get into any trouble. I keep my nose clean. I always have done. I shan't get into any trouble. Well, I hope you're right. Good night, Mrs. Temple. Good night. I'm glad you enjoyed the act. Well, what do you make of him, Steve? My goodness, that's a frightened young man, if ever I saw one.
this taxi seems to be taking ages, Paul. At one o'clock in the morning. I wish we bought the car. Yeah, so do I now. Now why is this slowing down? Traffic lights, dear. Oh. You know, I've been thinking about Tony Wyman. It seems quite fantastic to me that a girl like Julia Kelvin... Uh, what is it, Paul? The people in that car. On the right, Steve. Where? The sports car. Don't let them see you. Who is it? It's Mrs. Kelvin and Larry Cross. Who's Larry Cross? Oh, the doctor's secretary. Yes, don't let them see you, Steve. Paul, that man. The, the, the one you say is Larry Cross. Yes. I've seen him before. Where? I'm sure I have. He was at the airport. At the airport? Yes. He was the man in the uniform, the man I told you about. The airport official. He had a moustache then, but it's the same man. You sure, Steve? I'm positive. I know I was in a pretty bad state that night, but... Oh, yes. Yes, I'm sure I'm right. Sit back, Steve. What are we going to do? Shall we tell the driver to follow them? What in this taxi? Don't be silly, darling. Charlie's in bed. No, I'm not, Mrs. Temple. Oh, well. I'm just making myself a nice cup of tea. Would you both like a cup? Mm, I'm more in the mood for whiskey and soda. What about you, Steve? Oh, what's this box, Charlie? Oh, it's my dress and Daphne Drake. Mm. Oh, yes, a young lady delivered it just after you left. I'll take it upstairs, Mrs. Temple. Yes, thank you. Put it in the dressing room. Yes, Mrs. Temple. You're going to have a nightcap, Steve? Yes, pour me a brandy, darling. Just a tiny one. I'm going to try my dress on. What? At this hour of the morning? Well, I'll be down in a minute. And pour yourself a stiff one, because you'll need it when I tell you what I paid for the dress. Oh. <laughs> Hello? Mr. Temple? Yes, speaking. Who is that? It's, it's Margot. Margot? Mr. Temple, don't let your wife open the box. Which box? Do you mean the one from the dress shop? Yes. episode of the Francis Durbridge serial Paul Temple and the Margot Mystery, with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. Production for the BBC was by Martin C. Webster. <laughs>